Hi, you're listening to the Spiritual Directions Podcast with your host, Mark Thomas Shaw. So the Spiritual Directions Podcast, the purpose of the podcast is to um, help guide listeners toward wholeness through confronting the reality of suffering, and that can take many different forms um, in different lives. And so the guests that we bring on, I'm interested in this question of their trajectory, how they understand their process, their progress toward um, spiritual awareness in their own lives and, and what that that looks like for them now, how they stay oriented. Um, and it's it, it's to hopefully help help encourage and for, for to bring clarity and insight into people's own lives and, and a point of connection. And um, uh, our guest today is Mr. Steve Allman. Thank you for being here. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, hopefully this will turn out to be of value to uh, a few people, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, um, he, he has uh, an engineering background. Uh, he's a veteran of the United States Navy and um, a longtime member of Westminster Presbyterian here in Point Loma and uh, um, a, a sometime at least attendee of uh, Centering Prayer Retreats, uh, I believe up at the Prince of Peace Abbey. Is that in Oceanside or was that elsewhere? Yeah, I, I, well, I, I, I've been there on a few retreats, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but my main background in centering prayer was taking a workshop probably about 20 years ago with the nuns down in Ocean Beach. There's a community okay. of nuns who live and teach uh, in Ocean Beach. They're still there, although it's uh, you know transitioned over the years to different people. Uh-huh. Um, but I took a workshop with uh, the minister of Westminster at the time, Michael Taxer, and a number of our members along with uh, the workshop was at St. Peter's by the Sea. Uh-huh. And that's my background. And we used uh, Thomas Keating's book. Open Mind, Open Heart. Open Mind, Open Heart as the text, which I still use today uh-huh. uh, to try and periodically... Uh, yeah, refresh my, my memory on how to do this. Uh, I just recommended that to a friend of mine out of town who's not a believer and doesn't uh, doesn't have a regular spiritual practice going. But I just you know felt there were some yeah. some pieces in there he might connect with. Um, and so uh, to get a sense of the arc, to get a sense of the um, a, a perspective and the journey, um, we all come from somewhere. We have a. Uh, a background, a context that we grow out of, a family that communicates values to us. So um, I'm interested in your experience and background early in life, the the values that were present in your home, that were communicated, and that you came out of. And then secondarily, the values that you adopted um, coming out of that context, whether you took them from the family system, or whether you kind of consciously developed some on your yeah. own. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. Uh, I feel very fortunate. I, I grew up in a family that was a, a very loving, caring family. Both uh, my mother and father sort of exuded the approach that family was important mm-hmm. and they really cared about us. Mm-hmm. And I was also fortunate. My uh, 
maternal grandparents lived around the corner from us. So I had a grandfather and grandmother who were very close by and and also uh, very caring people. you know, from my parents, uh, you know, you learn a number of things. Uh, my father was a lawyer, uh, but he was a person who people sought out to uh-huh. get his guidance. He, he had the knack of uh, really being able to help people think through problems. Uh-huh. Uh, the latter part of his career, he was uh, an arbitrator, a professional arbitrator, and went countrywide. Uh, various places in the U.S. Uh, both labor and management seemed to want to get him to come in and arbitrate. So I kind of learned the, you know, the principles of honesty and loyalty and dependability. Uh, that's the environment I grew up in. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, we did a number of things as we were growing up. I mean, my parents loved to travel. And, we would take train rides to Chicago or to Pittsburgh and get out and poke around and uh, things like that. Um, My parents were Episcopalian and I grew up in the Episcopal Church. Um, One of the real memorable aspects of that when I was young from fourth grade to eighth grade I was in a men and boys choir. Uh And um, it was a very good choir that traveled, uh, and you kind of learned. Um, it was fairly regimented. I mean, the huh. choir master was kind of a tough guy, strict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I learned the principles of hey, pay attention, get the job done. Um, but I also, you know, things that helped me actually. Was, when I went into the Navy, I mean, uh-huh. Uh-huh. it was a, a good background. A sense of uh, elders mentoring, but also regimented, disciplined right. yeah. approach. And again, this was, I was growing up in the 1950s, so it was a whole different world than mm-hmm. we see today mm-hmm. in terms of how you grow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly in terms of um, intergenerational dynamics. It seems to be a little more fragmented. People don't necessarily have that kind of access. To right. Yeah, we were we were a fairly tight knit family. I had an older brother, younger sister. And, uh-huh. um, it was um, a, a very good environment, a very wholesome environment to grow up. Now, what part of the country was this? Um, the Midwest, uh-huh. Ohio, uh-huh. and I think you know people talk about Midwest. Midwestern values, uh-huh. and I think there's a lot of truth in that. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a, down-to-earth people. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, coming out of that environment, um, did you have a sense at the time of consciously shaping values, a worldview, or or was it a little more unconsciously held? This was simply, there's a good way to be, and I've learned that from parents, from this church organization from these elders and I have an intuitive sense of right and wrong or was there a little more um, critical distance to be able to kind of shape and, and uh, form that? I think it was probably more intuitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't think we really gave it a lot of thought. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what I grew up in is what I knew and 
you know, I, I didn't know anything else really mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. point. I didn't really think about it. It wasn't until I went off to college and so on that, you know, the world really expanded. Mm-hmm. And where was that? Well, I went to uh, the U.S. Naval Academy. Okay. Yeah. Um, and talk about that experience in terms of it, uh, maybe points of connection or points of disconnection from the value system that you had adopted. Was there new things introduced or was it uh, more of a refinement in a direction? Um, I'd say it was a more uh, refinement. Mm-hmm. Cer- certainly in the military, uh, loyalty is a very important aspect. I mean, loyalty down at a very personal level. I mean, on a, on a ship, you're, you're usually a tightly knit group. Uh, you are loyal to one another. But also, obviously, you're out doing a job that uh, has bigger implications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honesty is uh, a value that's uh, of great importance and dependability. Mm-hmm. And the willingness to, to tenacity to hang in there and whatever has to be done you do it whether it takes 24 hours a day or whatever mm-hmm. now what I'm hearing sounds um, like uh, stability um, there's a sense of uh, homegrown values with uh, con- sort of concentric circles of a stable loving home life got kind of stability in church life um, there's stability in regiment in uh, military life and so that kind of carries through uh, is a thread um, and yet there's there's some sense of uh, arriving at a space of a spiritual openness uh, let's say oftentimes we have to go through some period of instability uh, a destabilizing time, uh, a, a dark night of the soul, some kind of struggle, conflict along the way where um, some of those, either those values are challenged or we have to wrestle with um, some element of the reality of suffering in the world that those values can't protect us from necessarily. And so um, I'm wondering of your experience to whatever degree you can share of um, of that movement from that stability to maybe through a period of instability. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, I think my life is, and your life, we probably all go through periods of instability mm-hmm. probably fairly frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's simply a matter of degree mm-hmm. of, of Instability. Um, I mean, life is a progression. I mean, we're making decisions every day that since we're pushing off into the... Let's face it, every day is an unknown. Uh You wake up in the morning, you really don't know what's going to happen that day. Uh, So every day we're facing a a sense of instability to some extent. But if... uh, kind of wandering here but in the big picture one of the memories I have of a a major point of instability was um, at the at a point in my naval career I decided and my wife and I decided um, you know 
this really wasn't the life that we wanted yeah. to have. Okay. So, um, how does one uh, transition from a career that I had known for 12 years, okay. for example, uh, into something totally different? Okay. I, I knew I no longer uh, I needed to stay home, uh, raise a family, uh, rather than go to sea. Uh -huh. So I think that period is a, a memory of, of, of great inst instability going through that transition. Uh -huh. I'm wondering of how you dealt with that, the, the response, the um, waypoints, something that you used as a, a means of navigating that, that territory, whether emotionally, spiritually. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. <clears throat> um, you know, the emotions that you go through in something like that are a whole range from uh, uh, grief and fear to emotions of joy. Uh, uh, hopefully, uh -huh. ranging from the fear of the unknown to the joy of, hey, I've, I made a decision that's worked out. Uh -huh. And of course, that's over a period of time. But in my s specific case, um, some of the things that uh, were really helpful for me and might be helpful to someone else to think about was I was young enough uh, and my parents had retired out here that my father was a big help huh. in making me see that, hey, uh, changing careers is can lead to something really beneficial, huh. and uh, which proved to be true, huh. that I ended up with a really great career after the Navy. But, you know, at the front end of that, that's hard to see. Yeah. But to have someone help you say, hey, th this will work out, it, it, I think is extremely valuable. Um, some of the other things that helped me at the time, uh, as you mentioned earlier, we were members of Westminster Church, and the minister there was young and, and vibrant and enthusiastic and uh his message of hey, life is he approached life as an idea of joy uh. and hey get out there and kick the tires and go for it of uh. uh, kind of attitude uh -huh. of you know a very positive Christian message uh -huh. uh, a spiritual message and he was very helpful at that in that process and um Another thing I did at the time that was helpful, I joined a prayer group at the church, <laughs> and uh, we we met every Thursday morning at seven o'clock. Uh, I still do, actually, <laughs> um, all these years later. But the, there was a lady who headed it up at the time we did that, and she'd grown up to a missionary family in China, <laughs> and uh, she was elderly by the time I got there but she was a no-nonsense person mm -hmm. and uh she was very helpful in saying hey get on with it mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know she was pretty tough uh and and i mean in a very positive way but it's totally helpful i think to have somebody like that who but it was done like say in a prayer group in, in a uh a spirit of hey let's pray about this supportive uh, context yeah mm -hmm. very much so uh, also within that community um, 
because I was transitioning from the Navy into a, I ended up getting a job at the local utility, electric utility. And I was doing sailing. We, we met a, a, a man. I mean, we met a number of people, but a friend named Bud, who was an older World War II veteran, who just uh, exuded a spirit of uh, enjoying mm. life. Mm. And I ended up sailing with him a number of times and got to know him really well. And we ended up cruising with him, things like that. Uh, and just a great mentor, mm-hmm. a man who was, you know, probably 25 years older than me or so. And you met, you connected with him through Westminster? Uh, no, I connected uh, to him through sailing. And, you know, you realize uh, when you're in this great period of transition, for me at least, it was helpful to have a number of different people who were... Um, positive uh-huh. and who were encouraging and you know like I say it was my father my minister a prayer group uh-huh. a, a fellow in sports uh, I'd consider myself really fortunate uh-huh. um, uh, if I mean the, the flip side of that would be to kind of pull pull everything in and, and kind of hide and and not go out into the world. And, Become insular, protective. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, having, it's interesting, the the degree of closeness to family in, in two instances. One, in youth, having your grandparents close by, providing an right. extra layer of, of family support. And later in life, through potentially very difficult transition after 14 years that's your world that's your um, point of orientation that's your means of organizing your identity and um, uh, the potential anxiety of of giving that up Mm -hmm. and 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 what's next a a kind of a leap of faith is a positive term A, a transition is a neutral term but there's also a kind of death involved of an old version of self, a certain degree of identity that yeah. has to be released. Yeah. Um, and that can, can produce internal turmoil, anxiety. A lot of people outside of job and family, that takes up so much of their time, they feel too tired to engage in community outside of that. Yeah. Um, maybe f- a few close friends. Um, right. yeah. But in terms of um, the new um, statistics just came out, I don't know if you've seen about in terms of just sharp decline, certainly among millennials in um, faith community, belonging, participation, engagement. Um, Whereas it sounds like in your trajectory, that was a a very stabilizing force. Um, Very much so. mm -hmm, So... Given that that trajectory development, um, was it a fairly quick move into the engineering role after that? Uh, no, I would say it. We're, we're talking over a, a transition of a number of years, uh-huh. really. Okay. Um, uh, and and again, it's kind of that um, sort of. Uh, ups and downs of life, but the trajectory was very positive. But uh-huh. that, that transition um, 
Mm -hmm. was over a a number of years. Mm -hmm. Um, And coming out of that, I just kind of want to focus on specifically your, what maturity looked like for you at that time, maybe after that transition period, um, how it looks for you now, how your interest in something like Centering Prayer developed, if that was something that, that... as you said earlier, grew out of Westminster, right? Prez, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, it, if you could could touch on that, what what does spiritual maturity okay. look like? Yeah, I I've, um, obviously we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. uh, previously, so I've been given some thought. Um, you know, what is mm-hmm. spiritual maturity? And in in my own mind, I've kind of narrowed it down to uh, the, the idea of that uh, I, I, I need to accept life as a journey and each day as a journey into the unknown uh, but that God is with me on that journey hmm. um, and I, I, if I if I would visualize Life. It's almost like um, I had an experience being on a sailboat race uh, not too long ago where we had gale force winds. It was night. It was raining. We were going down the Mexican coast, and it's pitch black, and you're coming down the face of waves into the complete darkness. Uh, uh-huh. uh, but we had a... I was doing the navigating and the GPS, so I really know where I am, <laughs> even uh, even though uh, it's just pitch black and it's pouring down rain. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, to me, that's kind of an analogy of of, of life. Uh, I mean, this is kind of crazy, but uh, just here talking. I mean, my GPS was God in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, yeah. this is the way we're going, mm-hmm. and um, and I think. You know, maybe that's a reasonable analogy mm-hmm. of. Uh, I mean, it's not always that dramatic, right? Uh, but but that's life, and how how do we come to grips with? Uh, I visited a, a memorial garden recently, mm-hmm. um, and one of the there was a plaque on on the wall that I think really said it all. It said, uh, "Yesterday is a memory." Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift, uh-huh. and I try and sometimes not all that successfully, but I try and remember that uh-huh. each day. There's another quote that I really like, and it's out of Exodus, and it comes. Uh, Sandberg wrote about this in uh, his uh, the War Years about Lincoln would wander the halls of the the White House mm-hmm. had a terrible time sleeping. I mean, you think right. of what was going on. Mm-hmm. But he, he, you know, was a, was, was read the Bible extensively. And one of the pieces of uh, the Old Testament that he really hung on to, apparently, was Exodus. And, you know, it's uh, Exodus 14, 13. Uh, Fear not stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and that's another uh, 
sort of, I think, a, uh, a, something that really jumps out at me uh-huh. to, to help move through these transitions. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you want to... Uh, Continue in that vein? Or, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, there's some practices that seem to work for me mm. in, in terms of stabilizing my life and trying to stay mm-hmm. focused. And again, yeah. none of this is absolute. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I, I certainly have a, plenty of days of dark periods. Mm-hmm. But the things that really work for me are one, which I did as recently as yesterday, is go hiking with friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love to hike in the mountains mm-hmm. where I was yesterday, for example. Uh, there's something freeing, and there's, I mean, you you look at the look at flower wildflowers in detail, or just kind of stop and focus on a tree, or it's just amazing when you look at the the gift that we have in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, this earth is just. You know, um, where did it come from? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I certainly didn't create it. Uh, you know, and this is, I think, becomes very spiritual uh-huh. too. Um, another thing for me is I do Japanese ink brush painting, right? And and that's uh, again, that's more tied in with nature because you, you're very much involved in painting flowers uh-huh. and bamboo. Mountains, uh, things like that. With that class, is it um, immersed in nature? Do you have a kind of the models before you, or pictures of the models? How do you? Uh, well, in in the class, mm-hmm. the way, uh, and one of the things I like about uh, ink brushes, it's uh, it the the teaching of it is is uh, fairly regimented. Mm-hmm. Um, there's four basic strokes in ink brush. Uh, you learn the strokes and then you practice and practice mm-hmm. and uh, I'm certainly no expert in it mm-hmm. far from it um, but the way it's taught is the instructor will demonstrate what you're going to do in the class that day and then the idea is to uh, replicate as much as you can yourself mm-hmm. uh, what, what the instructor has okay. uh, and uh, then the instructor will work with you one-on-one uh, on, on your particular. Uh, so, so it is it is regimented, but it's uh, really centered. Um, the text that we use is called Zen art, and uh-huh. I mean it really is a sort of a, a Zen process uh-huh. of staying um, rooted, present in the moment, without allowing kind of. Self distractions, outside thoughts to interfere. Exactly. I mean, the emphasis is exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, centering on the moment, not trying to uh, evaluate what you're mm-hmm. doing at the same time you're doing it, mm-hmm. and that's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I think. Sometimes we're not even aware that we're evaluating ourselves mm-hmm. at the same time we're trying to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, playing tennis and, and trying to say, okay, I've got to win this point versus, hey, I'm just going to go concentrate on my stroke. And, and 
that's it. Let the rest take care of itself. Yeah. Or, uh-huh. um, a couple other things that I find helpful are journaling, keeping track of my thoughts uh, to, to some extent. And I don't do it every day, mm-hmm. uh, but I find it valuable uh, when I do do it, and especially look back uh, when I'm journaling and... Um, especially if I'm frustrated about something, I can look back and say, hey, you know, I've been through this before <laughs> more than once. <laughs> and, uh, and then the, the other thing we talked about was uh, centering prayer, mm. which I was introduced to, like I mentioned a number of years ago, and it was this, uh, the text was this book by Thomas Keating, mm-hmm. Open Mind, Open Heart. Um, the, the idea of setting aside maybe 20 minutes a day or and and just being quiet and and trying to clear your mind uh, and again I don't do it every day but when I do I find this is really valuable mm-hmm. I you know why don't I do it every day <laughs> and um, now was that something that was preached on that you were aware of to some degree was it just a book that the the minister of Westminster Press at the time gave to you and said, hey, I think this would be helpful for you? Um, you know, it's been so long. It wasn't that. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, I've been interested in, in prayer for a long time. Uh-huh. I, I should go back. I mean, my, my parents prayed. Uh-huh. Uh, my my mother, uh, w- w- cons- you know, r- really felt it was valuable. I, I might insert too. Um, although my father seldom talked about it, he he spoke uh, with me of uh, having an experience one time when he was looking for a job and he was traveling, and in a hotel room he came and felt like God. Or, or Jesus was there in the room with him. I mean, this would became a very real experience. Mm-hmm. And it, when we talked about that, uh, uh, he, he really didn't talk with anybody else that I know of, about that. Um, it, it always gave me the, or it gave me the interest in sort of the more um, spiritual mm-hmm. or mystical side of of all this mm-hmm. and uh, sort of the like I became more interested in the like the, the Teresa and, and some of the uh-huh. mystics mm-hmm. of the what, Middle Ages uh-huh. and uh, so th- when this opportunity came up a number of years ago to take a course on uh, contemplative prayer with the, with the nuns uh, that's when I pursued it and got the textbook and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, that now because part of the idea in the podcast is to touch on um, practices mm-hmm. like this but also to humanize it because um, I think people feel themselves to be flawed human, undisciplined, and um, assume that there's a a sense of roteness and almost a robotic quality uh, to to people who have the discipline to keep up with 
a certain degree of spiritual practice. And so uh, it was, uh, I, I think, interesting to hear you uh, mention this is something I find very helpful. I practice it uh, as much as I can, but certainly there are days when I don't. And it does make a difference, mm-hmm. but um, it's it's not a sense of uh, uh, regimented perfection that that is, uh, you know, it, it's... It's a point of orientation. Yeah, it sounds like. No, I, th- I think you you nailed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it does require self discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, we're all <laughs> we're all human. We mm-hmm. all have our ups and downs. And uh, um, now, were there? That's been a central text. It sounds like on your trajectory, your 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 formation, a kind of touchstone. And um, uh, now, did that was that introduced and helped you through that specific transition period, or was that something that kind of came after the fact? That, that came after. You? Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think it it all fits together. If I look back over mm-hmm. my life, I mean, um, uh, we we had the good fortune to. Uh, Joined Westminster Church when we moved here, and I was still in the Navy, mm-hmm. and 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 we got exposed to this very vibrant community of uh, a minister who was uh, incredible, mm-hmm. as the best way to describe him, uh, and was full of ideas, and um, I mean, we were just, you know, it it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was a progression then of joining a prayer group and, and then meeting people. And uh, so it, it's evolved over a number of years. And, and the whole idea of centering prayer came up um, maybe 20 years into that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm also interested in, uh, if was that a broader movement within that church at the time? Was it kind of a select few that latched on to it? Um, well, we were doing a number of things. And another thing I did at the, at somewhere in that time frame, uh, there were a lot of... Uh, they, they would bring in uh, guest ministers who would come for a week, mm-hmm. and we'd have... Um, Morning sessions before you know, like six thirty in the morning, uh-huh. with this uh, guest, uh, creative people. One guy uh, from uh, Oklahoma, his name was Tom Boyd, was just um, along these same lines. I can remember a couple of years in a row he came out for like a week, and a, a lot of people in the church would go hear him uh, in the morning before they went to work for that week and I think we had evening sessions too with him you know like a a, a, a preacher in residence for a week (laughs) Uh, and then another thing we did that was very helpful was we uh, at some point we had uh, workshops and this was done over a period of six to eight weeks of what we called meetings formations Uh And it was uh, groups of um, eight or ten people, mixture of men and women, with a facilitator. And the facilitator, you would go through uh, uh, 
trying to remember times in your life when you think God directly intervened in uh -huh. your life. Uh -huh. And and um, so each week, I've, I've, it's been long enough now, I don't remember the details, but each week we had an assignment of, of addressing that subject and kind of writing it down and coming in, and then we would discuss it. Uh -huh. And... Now, an, another um, experience that you had mentioned when we uh, spoke before connecting for today um, that I believe was also an outgrowth of that uh, church community at Westminster was the Camino um, uh, on the road to Santiago. Did, right. Um, was that in, in connection with, with that sort of relationships that were formed in experiences like those spiritual formation groups that then decided to to go on that or was that just a formal something sponsored well, from I, the church uh, itself it, it really wasn't related uh, the Camino was just um, a couple years ago mm -hmm. okay and uh, um, my wife and I along with a number of friends uh, friends here from community in particular were taking and, and still are taking some Bible study classes from a guy named Bill Creasy Mm -hmm. And uh, I had in the back of my mind this interest in pilgrimages, and I think it goes back to Thomas Keating and you know the Middle Ages mm -hmm. um, mystics and mm -hmm. so on. But Bill basically offered a tour of doing the uh, the Camino, the Portuguese way up from okay. uh, Portugal, and. And that turned out to be just an incredible experience. I did it with my daughter mm -hmm. along with, there were 17 of us total, but all from this community that, mm -hmm. uh, in uh, San Diego. Now, the, it, that was an outgrowth of a, uh, like a theology class, a Bible history class? Right, a Bible study. Okay. Yeah, a Bible, they say a, a, a class where... Mm -hmm. Uh, he was teaching. Uh, he's a, uh, not a theologian, but a, a professor of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's his PhD. And um, that experience itself was there a, a transformative experience, insight? Was it reflective space, or was very, it just the reflective. joy of the the community? So okay, all of the above. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, we hiked for six days. And we did like the last 120 kilometers going north uh, from just uh, on the south side of the Spanish-Portuguese border up to the Santiago. And it was reflective, uh, I would say definitely was spiritual, but it was also fun, I mean, hiking with other people uh, and going through terrain that was quite rural and uh -huh. up and down and um, we, we definitely were pilgrims uh -huh. uh, but it evolved and it's kind of the experience I would recommend uh -huh. uh, to people who uh, are able to, uh -huh. to to walk that far <laughs> and you had him along as a, a kind of guide who had done it before no possibly uh, n none of us had done it before okay. but we did have a a Portuguese guy, a young a young man who was really very helpful, and but he his he was more it was just um, the the logistics, but always just a great guy. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, we've met very few English speakers along the way, so it was, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, my daughter speaks Spanish, so mm-hmm. it's quite helpful. And maybe you can also touch on some of the other books that have been formative, transformative along the way, certainly open mind, open heart. Um, yeah, I, th- I think one of the most uh, meaningful books uh, was uh, Victor Frankl's Man's Search mm. for Meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that goes way back. But, but again, I read that, became exposed to it from a workshop that we had at Westminster. Uh-huh. And I'd never heard of Victor Frankl, quite mm-hmm. frankly. And, um, but his experience of surviving the concentration camps mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it just displayed. I mean, the the possibilities for uh, the the soul and the human mm-hmm. endurance. To how did this guy survive? Mm-hmm. And of course, um, what he wrote about was that. But one of the main takeaways was that for a human being, something we need uh, is some meaning in our life, mm-hmm. and. Uh, some reason to, to live uh-huh. and as long as we have a, uh, a a reason to live a sense we've of got pur- a good purpose f- uh-huh. for a purpose uh-huh. for, for hopefully for a good purpose uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. the, 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 the you're, you're gonna I mean I mean plenty of people had purpose and still died in the concentration uh-huh. camps but if you're if you're going to have a good chance at survival, you better have some purpose uh-huh. in your life. I think if we're wandering uh, without purpose, um, what point is there? So this was someone, Victor Frankl, uh, who was in the concentration camps, and and in that um, experience, if, if I remember correctly, saw clearly firsthand people giving way to despair. And giving up, giving up hope under the extreme conditions and oppressions, right? Um, and others that were able to make it through. And people would even bring other inmates who were in danger of succumbing to despair, kind of to him at the time, and letting him talk to them, yeah. uh, if I remember correctly. And um, the outgrowth of that, this book, uh, "Man's Search for Meaning," and then. Um, kind of evolved into what became called logotherapy or sort right. of um, reason-driven, purpose-driven uh, therapy. Right, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might add that um, th- there's, a, there's a book that was written many years later that it's more local to the San Diego area, but it in many respects mirrors Frankel, although I don't know that the author even knew of Frankel, but it's uh, by Jim Stockdale, who was a POW for eight years in Hanoi, and he wrote, uh, it's a book, Thoughts of a Philosophical Fighter Pilot. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that uh, Stockdale, I don't believe, had any strong religious belief. V- very quickly, uh, I'm not aware that Stockdale was a, was a religious person, mm-hmm. but uh, and he but he had had the good fortune. He had gone to graduate school 
um, shortly before he went to Vietnam and got shot down and in engineering at Stanford, but he also got a, a degree in um, philosophy, mm-hmm. and uh, he had studied the uh, the Roman philosophers. Uh, Epictetus uh, mm-hmm. was one who, one of his main points was you need to, uh, essentially with the same point Frankel had, mm. that you need to concentrate on things you can deal with uh, it was a little different twist but it, Stockdale made the point as, as a POW to try and center only on the things that he could influence mm-hmm. or have some deal something uh, try not to ever think about why am I here or, mm-hmm. or uh, am I going to live till tomorrow mm-hmm. um, so it's another good book mm-hmm. um, and then there's um uh, read Richard Rohr and uh, his book, Falling Upward, right. uh, where okay. he talks about the two halves of life, uh, first half and the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an interesting book. I, I, I don't think it's absolute. Yeah. Uh, and he talks about the second half where you feel you, you have everything all together. Um, there's lots of times I don't feel I have everything all together. <laughs> <laughs> And then one of my favorites is uh, a book called Desert Wisdom. Hmm. And it's uh, the, the introduction was by Nowen, and, uh, but it's a, a book of sayings. And um, it's basically was my first introduction to Inkbrush, but they're de- the, the, the sayings of the desert uh, fathers and, and mothers. But he would do an Inkbrush sketch to... Yeah, fascinating. To emphasize Uh it, for example, here's one of the mountains, and he says, uh, seek God and not where God is, or not where God lives. I mean, Uh this is an example of this book. This is good just for... um, Daily practice Daily practice. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know where you want to fit it in, but there was one little exercise that Keating wrote about, mm-hmm. or I picked up out of Keating, um, and it's kind of a tool for dealing with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Keating said, um, if you're really worried about something, uh, try and identify and name the emotion that you're feeling. Uh and say the emotion you're really angry about something, just and do this on paper. Just write down the emotion is anger, and then try and identify the event that caused that anger. Uh, you know, I had a fight with my boss or whatever, and then write down an act of will, like I will, I will give up the need to be angry. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it's kind of emotion, event, and active will, and it, uh-huh. it's a, just a little tool uh, that I I still use, and uh, for me it's helpful. And did that uh, come about in in a, one of his uh, Thomas Keating's different books, or was that yeah the one we mentioned? We've already talked about it's, open it's, mind, it's, open it, heart. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of buried in in a couple paragraphs in the back of the book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's very helpful and insightful in the sense that um, anxiety is such a pervasive issue culturally um, with the many layered uh, responsibilities, influences, drives, pressures, uh, fractured attention, and that we are often, it's difficult to arrive in the moment at an awareness of where it's coming from. Yeah. And then it feels just like general anxiety. And um, given the profit-making machine of pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. who that's their bread and butter, um, we get prescribed various medications to right. deal with rather than developing a specific disciplined practice of identifying the root cause. And then over time seeing a pattern yeah. emerge. of, And then we can arrive at some some issues to try and move past. Um, Steve, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to talk about this and uh, sort through. I mean, like we say, you know, every day is a new experience and we, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a choice of how we face it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Directions podcast with your host, Mark Thomas Shaw. Our guest today has been Mr. Steve Allman, longtime Centering Prayer practitioner. And you can check us out on the website. That's markthomasshaw.com, M-A-R-C-T-H-O-M-A-S-S-H-A-W.com. There are links to the books Steve talked about in the show notes at markthomasshaw.com slash zero one. Full disclosure, those are affiliate links. Using those to make your purchase helps us keep producing our content and continuing to explore and hopefully deepen the spiritual experience for our listeners. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash markthshaw. Connect on facebook.com slash markthshaw. That's M-A-R-C-T-S-H-A-W. Leave some comments on the website. I'm interested in what your contemplative practice is that keeps you centered and balanced and what books or other readings have helped you along the way. May you experience ease, peace, and a deeper spiritual awareness. I hope you enjoyed this episode. More importantly, hope you got something out of it. Have a great week. Take care.